Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Small Business Big Stories podcast. On this episode, we cover my one of my favorite topics, and that is the idea of dabbling and exploring and it being okay to not know what you want to do right out of high school or right out of university. And my guest and I really delve into the idea of taking advantage of exploring and taking those journeys to figure out what it is that you do like, what it is that you don't like, and stepping away and deviating from the traditional structure that society or our parents might have set out for us in terms of the definition of success. So for example, that might look like graduating from post-secondary education, finding that entry-level job, working your way up in that company, and, uh, and you know, getting the mortgage, benefits, house, white picket fence, two and a half kids. And that really, especially in this day and age, doesn't really work for all of us. I feel like we are part of a generation where finding ourselves and our passions is something that is way more integral in who we are. And like I said, my guest and I really delve into this concept. And what I really love about this conversation is that she's so open to the infinite possibilities. There's no one set destination for her, even in the profession that she's in right now. She's so open to exploring more and using the skills that she has learned from previous positions and even the one that she currently holds to expand and build something new. So honestly, guys, so much value in this episode. Buckle up, because trust me, you're going to love this one. Hi, Gina. So great to see you. And thank you so much for coming on today's episode. Hi, Brittany. Thank you for having me on. It's my pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Well, uh, Gina, it's, uh, it has been so great. I haven't known you for that long, but it's been really great to connect with you and see your beautiful work and have the opportunity to work with you. Uh, so I'm going to pass it over to you. Introduce yourself. Let everyone know what it is that you do and why it is that I had the amazing pleasure to work with you. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Gina Yana. I am a portrait and brand photographer. I started off in family portraiture and transitioned recently over to include brand photography. And I've been doing that since about 2008. Amazing. Yeah. And like I said, recently I had the amazing opportunity to work with you uh, and do an amazing collection of brand photos. And what an experience it was. It was just, you just work so quickly, so diligently. And I love the way the photos turned out. I feel like sometimes with some, you know, styles of photography, people can look, and that's just the style that they're going for, super filtered. And, uh, and I felt the complete opposite. I feel like you captured my beauty really well, uh, just captured who I am and did it in a way that was filtered yet unfiltered. So the touch-ups were like next to none. And uh, the background that you did, like the space that you're in right now is your studio space. Yes. And yes. I, I would have never known that uh, looking at the photos 
that you've taken and posted. And uh, yeah, it was just incredible to come into your space and see how you switch the space up and how you make it look like different places. <laughs> uh, so Gina, were you always in brand photography, family photography? Uh, what sort of led you to this type of photography? Uh, for me, no, I wasn't always in brand photography or family photography. Uh, I was really for the longest time trying to figure out what it is that I wanted to do. Because it was that time where everybody, I think Oprah was the queen of it, talking about finding your passion. There were yes. so many like blogs and articles about finding your passion. And I was sort of at this space where I was frustrated because I actually wrote a list of all the jobs I had. I worked in call centers. I worked in a factory. I worked in banking. I sold personal care products. I was uh, a junior chef in a fancy restaurant. I worked in retail. I worked in blogging. And so I was really at this point where I was like, oh, what is it that is my passion? Because um, cooking was one of my passions, but I knew I didn't want to do it for money after working in a restaurant. Right. So I was really frustrated and I um, happened upon a writing course that to be young from the kink in my hair was doing and um, love that show. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> and uh, so that, that was a draw from watching her on the kink in my, in my hair, but also trying to find out who I was and what was important to me. And she had a writing prompt that asked you to go back to when you were a child um, to help you find out what you're passionate about, because so often society does try to kill our passion and say, you should be a doctor, a lawyer, etc. cetera. Yeah. And so, Mortgage, two and a half kids. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I remembered, um, going around back home in Guyana with my dad's broken Minolta camera, taking pictures of flowers. So that memory really sparked something for me. And that's where my journey to photography began. It's incredible. Uh, because I can really see the passion and the history but behind your photography. Like you still take pictures of flowers uh, and you really experiment with your photography in the most simple ways. And, uh, and that's something that I really love. And that, that's what drew me to you. Uh, and I'm sure that's what has brought, you know, so many clients to you and so many people to you. Just that simple, authentic uh, vision. And, uh, and yeah, and it was great too, because, uh, just going back to working with you, you put together this incredible vision board because, you know, I have all these great ideas, but I never know how to execute these ideas. So for you to put this vision board together, I was like, Oh, thank God. She took the pressure off. She's put this, you know, vision together for me. And we just went, we just went for it. Mm -hmm. uh, and moved through the process. You made the process so easy, so enjoyable. And uh, yeah, I can't thank you enough. And I can't wait to work with you again. Thank you for all uh, your kind words. Absolutely. Uh, so photography was not your first love. You sort of went through the ebbs and flows of life as we usually do. Uh, so how did you go about getting to where you are right now. Like, I don't want to call it like your final destination. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like that is really a thing. I feel like we're always sort of, you know, going through the ups and downs of life and that as a result can take us to new on new paths and new destinations. Uh, but what else, I know you sort of mentioned it, but what else did you kind of do before you got into photography? Uh, yeah. So, um, I've worked, at tons of places. I worked for Shoppers Drug Mart as a cashier. I worked um, for Bank of Montreal as a teller. 
I, I've worked in so many different fields. And for me, what I've, what I realized or what was the thing that stuck out most for me in all of these careers you face people. I think that only stuck out for me the second time around, but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> um, it stuck out for me because in all these different careers, you deal with irate customers, you deal with BS, you deal with corporate crap. Um, and you feel so frustrated when you're at work. And I think people think when they start their business, it's going to be all roses and flowers and it's going to be magical, but yeah. you do that same type of stuff within your business. And you're like, what did I sign up for? So that was me <laughs> the last time around. Like I had a period of five years where I wasn't doing photography. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason I quit was like, oh, I didn't sign up for this crap. But then I realized, well, would I rather deal with the tensions of doing business for myself or would, it, would I rather deal with it for somebody else? and somebody else take more of the profit. So that was really a wake up call. And that was something I had to reconcile with myself. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's one of these things that we're kind of like we briefly spoke about it's society wants to tell us that there is that structure that a little bit of rigidity to life where you go through the school system, then you're made to make a decision at like the age of 18. Okay. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? What are you going to go to school for? And, uh, and yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to make that decision haphazardly because there's so much money involved. And then after you graduate, it's like, okay, what job will make me the money that I need to sustain a life, sustain a family, you know, that mortgage, that two and a half kids. Uh, so we're not really encouraged to, explore especially in our adulthood it's almost like oh save that for childhood you know do all of your exploration and be curious in your childhood uh but then when you become an adult it's like well now you have these responsibilities you have to pay x y and z uh so you don't have time for all that uh all that exploration did you did you feel the pressure of that definitely totally agree because um especially i think I think West Indian people feel this more so uh, because your parents are like, you have to be the success or, or like you have to be right. Because the room for error is so small. And my dad was like, Oh, you're going to be, and parents play a huge part in this. But my dad was like, Oh, you're going to be a computer. Um, go into computer science. Computer science is the future. You need to do something with computer science, be a programmer, take those courses. Like he kept like stressing. That's all I heard in my ear. And uh, it's so funny because today I'm like, ah, no, I wasn't ever interested in computer science, but I married the computer science guy. So it's ah. like, here he is. There you go. Have him. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> exactly. But um, no, definitely felt the pressure of all of that. But for me, I knew, like, I took the class, desktop publishing, and I was like, I hate this. So not interested. You tried. You tried. <laughs> I tried. Um, and then just explored other things. And finally, the road led me to photography. And I'm very happy that I found that path. Yeah. I, I mean, as a, as a young person, uh, as young people like ourselves, we kind of go through these phases where we don't, yeah, we don't exactly know what we want. And I think we go through that phase quite often, even like way into our adulthood, but to have that sort of barrier once we sort of like exit childhood into adulthood to be like, okay, like let's, let's, you know, make a decision. It's time to make a decision. 
I have personally experienced friends of mine, as well as my personal experience, where you feel that pressure, like you said, to, you know, please your parents. And, you know, your dad wanted you to get into computer science. Uh, I was always told from a young age, you should be a lawyer, you should be a teacher. You've always been super outspoken, uh, very opinionated, and you should use that skill in these ways. Mm -hmm. And these are the careers that we were shown as well. Yeah. We didn't know, or well, at least I didn't, I didn't think like, you know, well, I want to run my own business. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also part of, you know, my upbringing. I know there's people my age uh, that can say otherwise, that can say differently, where I was raised, you know, by entrepreneurs. So that's all I knew was to be an entrepreneur and to be my own boss. For me, that wasn't even in my thought process. I didn't even think like, oh yeah, when I grow up, I'm going to run my own shit. Mm -hmm. language. <laughs> for me but, it was the opposite right because yeah, my dad was, my dad was an entrepreneur and he oh. said yeah he's like do as I say not as I do <laughs> right because he owned his own business he was a mechanic and he had his own shop and people would always come to the house and yeah but he didn't want me to be an entrepreneur wow yeah do you think it was because like why why do you think that I think he understood the struggle because as any entrepreneur knows or any small business owner knows there's ebbs and flows and there's one point where you're making lots of money and it's great. And then you could have a lockdown like right now and be making nothing. So it's, it's like these, and if you don't plan properly and my dad is not the best planner, like he's not financially organized in that way. So for him, it was a struggle. He had times where he had lots of money and we could go in his pockets and we could take money and he wouldn't know that it was missing. And there's times when we had no money. So yeah. I think it was more based on that. Yeah. And he won. I mean, your parents, and I'm sure you feel that way as a parent too. You always want better for your kids, right? And I'm sure he felt the pressure of that. Uh, but it was great for you to, I think so. And I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way. Uh, and, and please feel free to share that such a great, what, is, what a great way to grow up around somebody who would take that risk who would show you, maybe not. <laughs> who would sort of go along it has pros and cons, for sure. Yeah. Pardon? Which, which uh, somebody that would go along the path that they want and go along to the beat of their own drum. Yeah. Do you feel yes. that way? Well, definitely. Like, there's pros and cons to my dad. My dad has, there's other issues that I won't get into here. But um, yeah. for me, the key thing that he always told me, which I... I think is, is really something that I always draw on is that you, what you ask for, whatever you want, ask for anything that you want. He's like, the worst that can happen is somebody tells you no or F you. Right. So it's like, <laughs> exactly. Right. So I've always stuck with that. And it's like, what's the worst that can happen? Just go try, ask for whatever I want, do whatever I want. And so for me, that's helped me a lot in life, even in negotiating severance packages or stuff like that. So I always ask for what I want. What's the worst that can happen, right? So that is, is that one lesson that I've always taken away. Yeah. And I can only imagine too, the experiences like working at shoppers or, or, you know, working these other jobs also helped to build that experience and build that confidence from maybe pick like a few of the other job positions that you held and 
what, what did you get out of those, those positions that have sort of, you know, transitioned and help you transcend into where you are now and, and how that's built your confidence? I think my biggest one is working for a bank of Montreal and working for the bank. Cause it's all people think working for the bank is like service-based, but it's really sales-based as I'm sure you'll know as a customer now going into the bank, they're always trying to, it's like, would you like fries with that? Yeah. So, um, you want to increase your overdraft? No, I don't <laughs> want to go into more debt. Stop encouraging that. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, but that's how the bank makes money. Uh, yeah. So for me, that was the key thing for me. I've, I've always tended to work in, in sales background. So you have to learn how to talk to people and build rapport quickly. You have to know how to sell. And I don't think for me personally, because I was in a very heavy sales um, environment in work, it's not something that I wanted to emulate in my business. I still do sales, but I do more of a soft sell. And you're, you already know what you want when you choose me. And I don't do like a lot of upsell, cross sell, whatever. So for me, that's worked really well because my clients don't feel like a hard sell and they come back and, and the clients that I meet, I tend to work with over a longer period of time. Cause as they say, it's harder to find a new client than it is to, um, it's harder to find a new client than it is to maintain a relationship with an existing client. Absolutely. And I have found that to be so applicable to my business. And I've really thought it through in the sense that I want my business to be built on great relationships and that comfort in confiding in me. Uh, I, I run a fitness and wellness brand. So there's a lot of vulnerability that comes with that. There's a lot of vulnerability, like, more vulnerability in your field than anything else I feel uh, where people just, you know, expose their insecurities. And when I came into the session or before I came into the session with you, I was like, you know, a lot of times I don't like the way that I look in photos and you know, just Crazy, like right, has. right. Everybody's watching this like, what? Like, it's so beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know, a common thing. Everybody has their own insecurity that won't make sense to somebody else, right? Well, one so, of my clients actually got me to see it because she said, I look in the mirror every day and see me. I don't see you. So you might look at me and think, wow, you're so beautiful based on society's standards of beauty. But I look in the mirror every day and see myself. So I critique based on what I see and based on who I was yesterday and who I was 10 years ago. So that really, that conversation with that client really, cause I was like, you're freaking stunning. So, so then it's like, what's your problem? And, and then when she said that, I was like, ah, that's true. I never thought about that that way. Yeah. And that is such a great way to put it. I, I felt the same way where I was like, I look at myself constantly. You spend more time unfortunately seeking out your imperfections and I was like okay like what am I going to do with my hands what am, what am I going to do with my body like what what facial expressions should I make uh but like I said you made the process so easy going and uh and it ran really really well by the end of it I was like okay let's let's do this again part two <laughs> Well, I'm happy that you feel that way. And yeah, and that's one thing for me that I focus on in my sessions, as you said, with your clients is focusing on the experience. Um, because I want my goal is that I know automatically that I deal with my clients are problem probably 90% women. And when women come into the studio, we all have our insecurities about our body. And that's always something that comes up as a topic of conversation. So my goal with every session is when somebody leaves for them to feel better than when they walked in and feel more confident about themselves. So for me, that's something that I get constantly from my clients. It's like, 
oh, this was the best session ever. You made me feel so great. So that's really my goal. And that's what I focus on. So that's usually why, why clients choose me because their friend or somebody, it's usually referrals, right? Somebody said, oh, go to Gina. Yeah. Well, that's how I got connected with you. <laughs> and that is when it comes to having your own business. I've learned this through my business, but I'm sure you've learned this through yours in the years that you've been doing it. Referrals are like the, like, if you Refer get referrals down. Yeah. Referrals are gold. That's what I call them. Yeah. 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 Uh, because it's just a testament of somebody's experience that they had and the power of word of mouth. Yes. I think word of mouth, you can't knock word of mouth. You can get on social media all day. And I love, I love social media. I do. I love, we have a love-hate relationship, like I think many people do, and the power of social media and sales, or if you have a business, is incredible, yes. but the power of that genuine, authentic word of mouth, I had such a great experience with so-and-so because of X, Y, and Z reasons, and that person can see your expression on your face in person and feel that vibration of that experience that you had, there's nothing that can beat that. For sure. And I think uh, social media has actually kind of even expanded word of mouth because I have uh, one client and she's like, but she, this is just naturally who she is. She's like a megaphone for anything that she feels is good. And oh, so she got me like 20 clients because she went on social media. She posted all her images and she's like, you have to go. If you need a photographer, go to Gina. And she told this incredible story. So social media can be word, word of mouth in this even more expanded manner, because when you give clients amazing service, then they will go on social media and talk about you. And, and if you give them bad service, they will go on social media and talk about you too. So <laughs> keep that in mind. Either way, find yourself on social media. <laughs> For sure. Uh, yeah, I think with, like you brought about such a good point in terms of how your experience has carried over to such a successful photography business. And I think people need to hear that more, especially people from different generations. I know with, you know, the millennial generation or the Gen X's or the Gen Y's, I don't know who's next after that, to be honest. Um, I, I know that there's another one. I can't remember what they're called. Gen something. <laughs> uh, but I think they need to hear this more where try different things. Okay. Even if you, even if it's for the moment, even if it's something that you enjoy for the moment, it, the experience that you have can carry on to what you ultimately find is your passion. Definitely. Because you, yeah, you've, you've proven that right then and there. Working for the bank and working with people has ultimately transitioned into your incredible personable abilities. For sure. And as well, trying different things allows you to figure out very quickly what you like and don't like, um, as well, trying things even at the same time. Because for me, when I had left my business and stopped doing it for five years, at the same time, I decided, okay, well, what am I going to figure out what's next? Because I was on maternity leave and that maternity leave became permanent. Um, so then I was like, okay, so what do I want to do? So I started a blog and then I also started this um, group called Black Canadian Investors in Facebook because I was like, oh, maybe I'll go back to finance. So let's keep this over here. And then what I'm also figuring out what's my passion over here. Yes. And then I realized from blogging that, you know what, I really just kept 
gravitating towards photography again I was just sharing other people's amazing photography and I'm like why am I sharing other people's photography <laughs> when let I go back behind <laughs> let me go back behind the camera so I think I think doing multiple things and will help you find whatever because I have a friend for instance she's in marketing but she also loves to bake and so many of my friends have different passions and if they don't if you don't explore that you don't want on your deathbed to be like, what if I tried this thing? So just try it. What's the worst yeah. that could happen? As my dad said, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> uh, yeah, because, you know, when we go to our grave or our deathbed, whatever it may be, uh, I don't want to sound negative here, but we, we don't take anything with us but ourselves. We don't take the material things that we've accumulated from that job that we thought we should take because it made us so much money. We don't take that money with us. No. We have one life to live and why not just, you know, take it, take it as it comes. And, know, and, like and why not, why not do the thing you love or try to do the thing you love? What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. You learn something from it. You know, and, and, even, and, it's, yeah. and for me, even if photography fails, like I know I could go work right now for a company that does branding and give them insight on what's worked for my clients and also what visually um, is translates or, or compels clients to buy. So those type of things from a brand, I'm always building up and learning more about branding. So I feel like if I wasn't a photographer right now, I could go work at any branding agency and offer value to that company. So I think you're, you're never stuck you're always learning and that those skills can be transitioned to something else even if your business fails because let's be real businesses some businesses do fail and running a small business is really hard it's not easy no. so um but you're learning and you're trying your passion at the same time and maybe your passion means that you go back and work for somebody else or maybe it means that your business is a success and you keep going so but you're still learning and you're going closer towards where you want to be rather than doing something that you hate exactly and staying still and staying feeling stuck in that and what I'm seeing too is a lot of people are finding these passions during, during COVID, during this pandemic. I'm seeing friends of mine uh, or people that I went to school with where they, we had discussed over time, you know, what, what it is that they wanted to do when they were in that field, but due to COVID, they were let go or they're unable to be at that job right now. Mm -hmm. And they've, you know, picked up these, these passions and started these businesses. And I was like, you know, as hard as it is to say about the pandemic, we've experienced so much loss and we continue to, and so much grief and heartache. People have discovered themselves. Yeah, How? and people have, have finally realized like, okay, so now I'm at home and now I'm taking care of my kids if I have kids. Um, I'm also doing work and, and now more work is expected of me because a lot of companies are contracting. And um, so it's like, I have all of this on my plate. Do I like doing this or should I be doing happening? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, how have you felt that your business has sort of flowed through this time? Uh, for me, it's been actually difficult because it's like uh, I started back photography about a year and a half ago. Right. Uh, so right, right when the pretty much I started back, I was doing good, got lots of promotion. Like I got a really big fall run and then the pandemic hit and I was like, oh, great. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, 
So for me, it's been really challenging. Um, and I'm actually working on releasing my floral prints. Um, so I'm going to have them like only a, a limited release where I'm going to sign them and people can purchase them and pre-order. Like I'm going to do a pre-order run and see how that works. Um, but yeah, the, the keyword of the pandemic has been figure out how to pivot, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you people make, you know, three to five year plans all the time or like what's going to happen next. And we couldn't have planned for this. <laughs> no, absolutely not. We couldn't have planned for this shutdown. And, you know, having that idea in mind of how to adapt, I think that's really what has stuck for people and what has really sunk in is that, and even based on what you just said, you have had to adapt. And now it's like, okay, now I'm going to take my beautiful pieces of work and I'm going to sell them as prints. And that is such an incredible way to pivot because you're still doing what it is that you love, but you're just doing it a little bit differently because you can't see people in person. Exactly. Exactly. And I've, I've observed that a lot in the industry. Like I've, I follow tattoo artists cause I always want a tattoo, but I'm like, Oh, the pain, <laughs> but, um, Once you get one. <laughs> <and stop. laughs> uh, but this tattoo artist that I love and follow, uh, she has transitioned and she now makes all these clay, clay, um, dishes like cups and, and she puts cool, like her cool floral art on the cups and on the dishes. So I was like, but everybody's had to pivot because your business is closed. What do you do? Exactly. It's really shown people's strength and, uh, and creativity and probably has shown a lot of people like, wow, I am capable of so much more than I thought I was. And yeah, it's great to see that uh that people are figuring it out and it's and that's not to say like let's not take away from the fact that like this has been and like you said too this has been hard hard on people's businesses hard on people's lives uh but it's also given people an opportunity to really sit back and reflect like is this job that has now been put on hold you know is this something that i enjoy is there something else that I could be doing? Uh, is there something else that, you know, will really hone in on my passion and something that I've been maybe afraid to do before this whole time? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, a lot of it is based on fear because I've always had my prints, but, and, and I've thought about it, but I was like, oh, I don't need to do that. But now it's like, okay, I need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that's how, that's how it works, right? When you're forced, because a lot of us need to be forced to do something because there's this quote that says, we don't, we don't make a change and this will apply for fitness too. We do not make the change unless where we are today becomes where we no longer want to be. So yeah. until you're forced to make that change where you, you're, you can see within yourself that I don't want to be in this body or in this situation any longer, then you're forced to change, right? Yeah. And as much as you want to you know stray away from that change a lot of people hate change a lot of people hate change people love routine people love to you know expect things right i am one of those people <laughs> right if it's, That's what if just, it's working why fix it yeah and this and this is what brings us security uh so ch to change something to pivot to try something that you've always wanted to try brings that unexpected but 
it brings so much reward and it has really brought out a side in me. I can speak personally, a side in me that I didn't even know existed. Like I, I didn't know that I could feel this confident in myself and my abilities and the knowledge that I learned and called myself a source of authority or expertise in a field. I still suffer from a lot of imposter syndrome. Like I'm still in the infancy of my business. Uh, and sometimes I stand there and I'm like, who the heck do you think you are? <laughs> Have you think, ever felt that way? Did you ever feel that way in your business? Come on now. I, I don't think there, personally, I will say this. I don't think there's a person in business who's never felt that way. Um, yeah. Unless maybe you're a man because men are, <laughs> like oh I can do anything because they've been taught from a young age that they can do anything they've been mm -hmm. conditioned to believe that their parents teach them to jump off the jungle gym parents yeah. teach girls oh don't jump off you're gonna mess up your dress and whatever so we learn to to hesitate um for me I think um I especially felt that because I'm a person who I don't have any post high school education. So for me, that was a really big thing. And because of that, I've always felt that internal insecurity because of that. And for me, that's why I read, like nobody will outread me. I read like three to four books a week. And so it's like, oh, you think you're gonna come challenge me? Like, no, um, I'm, I'm red. But that that's from a place of insecurity, right? Because it's always wanting to make sure that I'm knowledgeable because, but it was also highlighted because at the time I had a friend that would kind of be like, she would use that as like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You never went to university. And then I realized, well, that's not really my friend. So, so for me, um, that's a key thing to understand that we live in a society that sometimes plays a big emphasis on post-secondary education. And um, you don't, and that's why I like Gary Vee so much. Cause for me, he's just like, um, you don't need that. Go no, learn, go do, I go try, go figure it experience. Out. That is one expensive piece of paper. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and not to and not to say that university isn't great or college isn't great. You know, people go to these institutions and find what it is that they're passionate about. But sometimes you don't. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to feel that pressure to go uh, and to go to these places to find what it is that you want in life. And for me, I think why I, because um, I moved out of my parents' household very young at 18. So for me, it allowed me, because it was either, oh, be the computer engineer or figure out what I want to do on my own. So right. when I moved out, for me, uh, my roommate and I did it that only one of us will go to school at a time. So she went to school first. Um, she did travel and tourism. And then SARS hit. And then, exactly. And then she could not find a job in travel and tourism. And then she went to work for BlackBerry. And at that time, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And if I go and spend how much thousands of dollars on an education and then I don't use it because she's not using her education, I'm wasting my money. So let me just figure out little by little what I want to do. And that's how come it went that way for me. Amazing. And and you just speak, you speak with so much confidence. I feel like throughout this whole episode, I've learned so much from you uh, and so much more about you. And it's great. It's great that this, that, that we can, you know, deliver this message. And I want this message, you know, thanks to Gary Vee uh, and so many others who have really emphasized this message, especially to the older generation. Um, you know, my mom's generation, your mom's generation, our grandparents uh, who still have even, you know, 
even earlier than that, or sorry, later than that, you know, who are raising kids now, you know, these millennial babies, these Gen Z, these Gen Y, where that old school mentality is still very much ingrained in our system. And we have to give kids, the younger generation, that confidence to say, you know what, this, it respectively, you know, coming from that immigrant background or that West Indian background, you never want to be rude to your parents. (laughs) Um, But respectively telling them, you know, I feel like this might be a waste for me. Let me try to, you know, maybe take a year off after high school, figure out what it is that I want, and then make that decision. I really appreciate all that you've taught me and all that you've given to me in my life. Uh, But now it's time for me to sort of discover what it is that I want for my life Uh, and continuing to give this younger generation that confidence and this verbiage to speak to their parents, because the pressure that you can get from your parents or from society, just that both of them coming at you at the same time can be so overwhelming. And then you're sitting in university or college and you're just like, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? And yeah. you just feel that pressure, that added pressure, because it's like, it's not cheap to go to university exactly. or to go to college. And as Michelle Obama says, <clears throat> excuse me, when we ask young people, what do you want to become? It's the stupidest question to ask them as if the destination is finite, as if you become something and that's the end, yes. um, because we're all changing and growing and learning. And who we, <clears throat> who we are today is not who will be 10 years from now, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, beautiful. I lo- I haven't had a chance to read her book yet, but I re- that's next on my list. Right now, I'm reading uh, Cicely Tyson's uh, biography, mm-hmm. so I I can't wait to delve in more. I just sort of started, uh, but this is something else that we can chat about is our is our love of books, and maybe I'll For get sure. up to reading at your pace. <laughs> Three to four books a week. <laughs> Well, um, there's this book called Limitless. I would recommend everybody read it. I have heard of it. I have heard of it. Yes. It teaches you how to read books faster. And um, and imagine, and when you read that book, you'll realize how messed up we are because the school system doesn't teach us how to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Even more because the school system doesn't teach us how to learn. And when he shows you like reading with your finger will get you to read faster. But in school, they tell you don't read with your finger, right? Because like oh you look like you're you're not a good reader because you're reading with your finger and they teach even like my daughter they're teaching her not to use her finger and I'm like you keep using your finger you'll read faster (laughs) (laughs) exactly so it really teaches you how to learn and how like if you have a problem with your memory and you always say oh I have a bad memory go read limitless you don't have a bad memory you just keep manifesting what you keep saying Good to know. Yeah, that's definitely another book that uh, that is on my list. And you mentioned something just before we get into our lightning round. You mm-hmm. mentioned something that really hit a nerve where you said to your daughter, no, you you can read with your finger uh, because, you know, the way that we raise our children, like we've been talking about this whole uh, episode is so crucial. Mm-hmm. If we raise them to be afraid to take chances or not to read with their finger, or not to make mistakes, then they're going to grow up with all of these added anxieties that society, on top of what society already, you know, bogs down on them. Yes. 
So parent, it, it starts with parenting. It really does. And uh, I'm scared. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also terrified <laughs> because of this exact reason. You are forming the mind and the life of another human being. Yes, yes, yes. As long as you, but eventually, because I have a teenager as well, they become their own people with their own opinions. And so it's like giving them roots and then wings. <laughs> yeah, and letting them and letting them fly. Mm -hmm. All right, Gina, lightning round. Here we All go. Right. So we're going to keep it to uh, like a couple. I'll give you like a sentence. You can answer some of these to like one to three words or up to a sentence. This is what a we're going winded. Wish me luck. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be good. All right. First question in one word. So I'm giving you, I'm not really giving you a choice here. In one word, describe your approach to your business. Experience. Ah, okay. I like that. I like that. We'll keep it there. We'll mm -hmm. keep it there only because I plan on having you back on and we can elaborate on that a little <laughs> bit more. Second question. What other business if there are any, uh, are you thinking of getting into or exploring? I would definitely be doing a brand agency if I wasn't doing photography. And again, transferable skills. You're already working on that now. Yes. Amazing. And my husband's the web developer, so. Oh my, you married so well. <laughs> uh, last but not least, and this was the question that I was telling you about that's going to be the most applicable to you because you have already talked about this. Do you believe in a work-life balance and why? Okay. Uh, yes, I believe in a work-life balance uh, because you are the one determining your life. And um, ah. I follow all the people that say that, because even I've recently read this book on the Netflix work culture. Don't ask me the title. I just remember the things I want to remember. But um, yeah, so there's this book written by uh, Reed Hastings, I believe his name is CEO of Netflix. And he talks about the culture of Netflix is that you can accomplish something in five hours and be really successful, or you can work for 12 hours and really accomplish nothing. So it's oh. um, maximizing your time so that you do accomplish tasks. Also working in 25 minute shots so that you're most efficient. Um, and, but you can create, you create your schedule. So you create your balance. So for me, I've scheduled walks. That's the first thing I do in the morning is go for a walk. The fitness so that I've, of me is like, yes, Gina. I've got that out of the way for the day. Cause if I don't do that, I won't get it done. So you create your work-life balance. I love that. I do. Cause it's very conflicting to what uh, conversations that I've had mm -hmm. uh, as an entrepreneur just starting out with a small business, uh, finding a work-life balance is super tricky, especially when you still work a nine to five mm -hmm. and, uh, and you want to really work and put the effort into and the time into your passion project or your side business. Uh, so your words of wisdom, I will definitely let it marinate in here. Uh, because like I said, yeah, I've, I've heard conflicting answers to this question from many different uh, entrepreneurs, small business owners, some telling me, nope, it doesn't exist. Like if it's your passion, then, uh, then you will just like, then you should die doing it. You should. Yeah. Well, <laughs> No, no. The reason, the reason I say that is because that's how some people interpret it. Right. Yeah. And I see people like 
like getting no sleep and that makes no sense because go read limitless he talks about how how important sleep is um, and creating routines to maximize your efficiency but um i do understand as well that it because i don't have a nine to five job so for me i understand where somebody who has a nine to five who's still doing that will have less balance but you the key thing is you have to realize if you don't sleep um how that's impacting your life and if you don't take time for yourself, how that's impacting your life. Um, so it's ultimately trying. So your balance might look different than mine because of where you're, what stage you're, you're currently at. But right. it's still important to find some balance within that routine. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I needed to hear that today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So uh, before we sign off, Gina, let everyone know where they can find you and your beautiful photography and how they can work with you uh once this pandemic has uh once the lockdown is over um you guys can all find me on instagram at gina ayana g-i-n-a-a-y-a-n-n-a so that's on instagram i'm also on facebook at gina ayana and you can find me at ginaayana.com Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing your words of wisdom, your experience, uh, and really schooling me at the end with the work-life balance. (laughs) Uh, Like I said, we are definitely having you back on here. I want to know post-pandemic how things are going, and I definitely need to work with you again. It'll be my pleasure, and thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Have yourself a great day. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Take care.